hello, good morning, and a happy Memorial Day weekend to all of you. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Matt, and I am the uh, youth pastor here at Seabreeze. So this morning, I do get the privilege of kicking off our annual series, Box Office uh, Wisdom. Now, I'm not sure about you guys, but I love cinematic adventures. Um, always have, probably spent more time watching movies growing up than I should have. But I enjoyed the stories. I enjoyed being able to escape into the, uh, the fantasy world that they had to offer. And I started thinking back on some of those movies that I watched when I was growing up. Movies like The Neverending Story or Willow, uh, Wizard of Oz, The Princess Bride, Lord of the Rings, um, all of them, the whole trilogy. You know, and, and I was looking back, and I truly still enjoy these movies. And I'm, I'm, I'm connected to them, some much more than others. Others I look back and wonder, Wow. <laughs> but um, I have to be honest with you all this morning. Even though I don't like admitting it, um, I am kind of a big nerd on the inside. Uh, about 10 years ago, I actually went to New Zealand and I spent three weeks in an RV driving around to see all the Lord of the Rings filming locations. And uh, I brought, yeah, I brought a guidebook with me so it could tell me where I needed to go and stop. I also brought the movies with me because, I mean, if you're going, you need to watch them all as you travel around. I, I was committed to, to this cause. And when people ask me, oh, why'd you go to New Zealand? I try to focus more on the, oh, it's the extreme sports capital of the world, less on the inner closet fantasy nerd uh, th that is me. I went to New Zealand to travel around and see these filming locations because these movies, many years after I had watched them, were still having an impact on me. Many years after I'd seen the movie and the story had been told, they were affecting the, my life and some of the stuff that I did. Now, every movie that we watch can have an impact on us. It can be big, it can be little. They give us messages, they give us advice that might um, be right or wrong, it might be true or false. So we ask ourselves, well, what do we do with the messages that culture and society gives us? Just throw it out and try to avoid it altogether? Well, that's, that's not exactly realistic to do. There, there are definitely some movies and stuff that we should just stay away from. But for the most part, it's a mixture of messages of good and poor. Many of the messages that we receive will only work in the fantasy world. But some of them, they can apply to our daily lives as well. So our purpose in this series is to take a look at what the expected blockbuster movies are and then figure out how we can grow our skill of evaluating uh, the messages in these movies and compare them uh, to what the Bible has to say on that topic. What works in real life? What only works in fantasy? What is helping and edifying what, the kind of lifestyle that we are as Christians are supposed to be living in and what isn't? So I want to read uh, from Romans chapter 12, verse 2, really quickly. It says, Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So when we watch movies, when we listen to music, we, we a lot of times rarely actually take that time to evaluate the message that's being given to us. And, and because of that, we become well-adjusted. We become desensitized to, to the messages of our society and our culture. 
The danger in this is that the light of God will go dim to us if we're not constantly checking the message against the truth that is in the Bible. So we need to learn how to evaluate these movies. We need to make sure we're not just letting themes play out in our life without even thinking about it. Now, I want to be clear, this, this message series is not about taking the fun out of watching movies. The message series is about giving you tools and, and help to watch the movies more thoughtfully and be able to learn from them more than we previously would have. So this morning, we're actually going to be taking a look at what draws us into movies, what causes us to connect uh, uh, with a specific movie, what makes a movie successful. Now, obviously, uh, there is no perfect formula, but there are certain things that a movie can have that will cause us to connect to it more. There are three inner needs that we're going to look at today that we're all searching for, and if a movie has one or all three of these, we're a lot more likely uh, to connect to that movie. The very first need is a significant purpose. Movies that are filled with purpose, movies that have characters uh, that are full of purpose, are much more likely to be successful and much more likely for us to actually connect and, and relate uh, to these movies. When I was growing up, uh, the movies that I watched, uh, you know, the never-ending story, there was Bastion who went to, or was involved in trying to save uh, Fantasia from the nothing. There was the story of Willow, where Willow Ufgood, he's the hero, had to save the princess Alora Dannon from the evil queen Bavmorda. Uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, we're actually going to watch a clip about this instead, but I want to just let you know, right before this clip, what happens is Frodo's talking to Sam, and he's kind of said he's ready to go home. It's time for him to go back to the Shire. So let's go ahead and watch this together. What happens when Sauron takes back what is his? I will be dead before I see the ring in the hands of an elf! So much No one trusts an elf! take the ring to Mordor. All right, so Frodo, just a little bit before this, thought he, he had accomplished what he was supposed to do and was ready to go home. But then he gets the purpose that he is supposed to take the one ring of power into Mordor, into Mount Doom, and destroy the evil Lord Sauron. And I connected with these movies because I desired purpose. I wanted to know that my life had meaning, that it had significance. I just didn't know where to get that purpose from. I was searching for that. And each one of us wants our life to, to count for something. Our, our sense of significance comes out of what we accomplish on a daily basis or through our jobs or careers. Um, we're looking to have a lasting impact um, on our family, on the people around us, on this world. And the movies that we watch will give us many different paths that we can take to reach purpose. Movies will tell us things like, 
you know, power and wealth. That is, that is where purpose comes from. It might show us people that uh, quickly rose to the top of fame or took some shortcuts, and, and that is okay, and that's how we, we get purpose. It can show us uh, people that are willing to rebel against everything, ignore what people tell them to do, and it, it's okay because it pans out, and in the end, there's success, the, and there's purpose involved in that. When we look at these ideas and they go unchecked over time, it starts to become what is normal to us, what is acceptable, and that as a, as a way that we are supposed to reach our purpose. And when this happens, we can quickly get led down a path that people can take advantage of, people can promise us something that will lead to true purpose, and it won't, it won't last. And as I mentioned a little while ago, I used to really like a, this movie, Never Ending Story, I always thought it would be great to get to go on an adventure to Fantasia and, you know, help battle the nothing and, and rule this, this, this world. And my older sister saw this as an opportunity uh, to take advantage of. And one day I get a letter in the mail from the Empress Moonchild of Fantasia, right? Her name, yeah, that's her name, Moonchild. Um, it's inviting me to go to Fantasia to rule as emperor alongside of her. Because this was, in fact, the movie was reaching out for people to, to find someone who was worthy to do this. And this made sense in my head because there was another movie that I watched called The Last Starfighter. And that's what the aliens did. They put a video game here on Earth and the person that beat it was to become the last starfighter and help them fight the war. And I was like, this totally makes sense. I'm supposed to be the emperor of Fantasia. I'm supposed to rule alongside Moonchild. And in order to do this, there were some tasks I needed to, to prove to show my worthiness. Tasks like clean my sister's room, do her chores, make her snacks. Yeah, my sister was mean. But, but we all get caught up in, in this way of thinking and, and that there are certain goals, there are certain things that we have to meet in order to have purpose. And we're measuring ourselves against the ever-changing standards of this world and trying to find the purpose. But God has designed us with a significant purpose and he's designed us in a way that we can accomplish this purpose anywhere, anytime, no matter who we are. I wanna read a couple of verses from the Bible that show this. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And then Matthew 5.14 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. You see, our purpose is to bring glory to God. It's to point people towards him. And these two goals can happen anytime and anywhere. It doesn't matter if we're at school, if we're at work, if we're students, if we're lawyers, if we're teachers, if we're stay-at-home moms or doctors, we can accomplish this task that God has given, him, uh, or given us. We can all give him glory. We can all point people towards him. You see, God isn't in the, uh, the movie-making business. He isn't sitting there with different storyboards and concept art trying to figure out how to make it work. He is the creator of life, and he has a specific way for us to live that will lead us to a life that has a significant purpose, what we're all searching for. The second need uh, that connects us uh, to movies is the idea of a strong hope. Hope is uh, putting trust in something and believing that it is what it's supposed to be. As Christians, we have a strong hope in God. 
uh, that he will do what he says, that he will keep his promises, that if we live our life the way that he has designed, it truly is what is best for now and then also um, into eternity. So every one of us uh, desires strong hope, a belief in something. Hope is what helps people persevere. It's what drives people to continue on when other people stop. It gives us courage, that boost of strength to keep moving as long as we have hope. And we connect to stories that have hope and have characters that are also full of hope because we want our lives to truly matter. We want to be able to fill our goals and our, and our dreams and be a part of something that is that much bigger than ourselves. So I do want to watch another quick clip from Lord of the Rings. Uh, they are preparing for the Battle of Hornsburg, also known as the Battle of Helm's Deep. Uh, many of the people fighting this battle believe that it's a lost cause. They think that it's over before it has even started. So let's go ahead and watch this clip. Give me a sword. What is your name? Hallas, son of Hamelmain. The men are saying that we will not live out the night. They say that it is hopeless. This is a good sword. Halith, son of Hammer. There is always hope. Right. Most of the men believed they were going to die, and obviously this young boy has assumed that he is going to die as well, and I'm sure many of the others thought that as well, that there was no hope. But Aragorn reminds them that there is always hope. And that statement is true as long as we have placed our hope in, in the right thing, as long as we have placed our hope in God, who is eternal. You see, we as people cannot contain or sustain our hope on our own unless it is placed in something that is bigger than us, unless it is placed in God, who is eternal. Now, I spent many years of my life with, with false hope in the things that were temporary of this world, thinking that I could chase after um, purpose through popularity, through wealth, through success, through drugs, through sex, through alcohol. All of these things I thought would bring me purpose, and I had put my hope in them. Over and over, I kept thinking, I just needed a little bit more. I just needed to get something checked off. I needed to pass this line, and then again, I would have that purpose. I had so much hope in what was right in front of me that it would fulfill everything that I was missing in my life. And finally, I actually hit the point where instead of just being full of all of this false hope with all of that the world had to offer me, I ended up at the point where there was no hope, that it in fact was all pointless, that none of it made me happy, nothing brought me satisfaction past the moment that it happened or even satisfied me in the moment. My hope in what the world had, had had completely run out. 
And the idea that comes to mind here is, is insanity. And I like the, ins- the, the description of insanity that's it's doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Because that's what I was doing with my hope. I was constantly putting it in something else temporary, something else of this world, expecting the final outcome to be different than it was previously. And as a result, I realized that I needed something to change. I needed something bigger, something better, something different. And that's when I realized that the idea of no hope what was, was wrong. It wasn't true. I just had false hope. I'd continually put it in the wrong things. I hadn't placed it in God. I had gotten caught up in what the world said I should put my hope in, in, in what the music, the movies, what culture, even a lot of my friends said that my hope should be built on and that from that, I would get my purpose and that I needed to trust in those things. And that was a lie that I had bought into and a lie that a lot of people continue uh, to believe. The Bible tells us actually very clearly where our hope and our trust is, uh, trust is supposed to be. It's in a 2 Corinthians 4, 14 through 18. It says this, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So for us to have a true hope, a true foundation, it has to be based in Jesus Christ. And the reason that we can have confidence in him is a lot of times we are, we're connected to, to people in movies that look like they defy death, but Jesus has actually defied and conquered death. God raised him from the dead, and he has also promised to raise us from the dead as well. So as we face our troubles, as we face old age, as we face different trials, whatever they are, we can face them without doubt, without worry, because we know the end. Because we know that God's grace and his glory is what is going to shine through. And that is what we're able to have our hope in. That is where our strong hope is placed. In one of the the songs that we sang this morning, there's a portion that reads, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Christ alone, cornerstone. Jesus is what everything else is supposed to be built off of. He is the cornerstone. He is true, he is real, and he is the eternal hope that we can build our life off of. Now, the third need that is, that is met um, in movies or can be met is the desire for a secure love. We all desire to be loved, uh, to have a secure love, and to know that we're, we're truly cared for. Uh, 1 John 3.16 says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Now, you don't, you don't get much more secure than that, than someone who's committed and willing uh, to die for you, to lay down their life in order to keep you safe. This is the kind of secure love that we desire. 
But culture, on the other hand, has continually points love towards being an emotion, towards being a feeling that just comes and goes. We can love anyone and everything, and we toss the word love around. Like, I love food, I love movies, I love shoes, I love you, I love this salad, right? We're constantly using love. Now, I want to I wanna show you a quick interaction um, from the movie 10 Things I Hate About You that I think uh, really sums this up. Yeah, but see, there's a difference between like and love. Because I like my Skechers, but I love my Prada backpack. But I love my Skechers. That's because you don't have a Prada backpack. Oh. That's because you don't have a Prada backpack. Right? That's the attitude that culture has given us about love. We can love something as long as there isn't something else that will take its place, as long as something else doesn't come into the pictures. It's our shoes, it's our backpacks, it's our accessories. It can be friendships, it can be boyfriends or girlfriends, it can be husbands and wife. That love only lasts as long as the feeling is there, as long as someone or something doesn't come up or take its place. See, the love that we receive from others is based fully on, on their feelings, and it can change at, in a moment's notice. And this is not the kind of love that we're searching for, that we desire for. So I want to go ahead and return one last time to Lord of the Rings. Um, I have two clips, but they're, they're stitched together, so it's only technically one. Uh, but they, they depict... They depict the, the brotherly love and the commitment between Frodo and, and Sam. So the one clip is at the beginning of the, the trilogy, and the, the second one is at the end. Not alone! Frodo! Mr. Frodo! No, Sam. Go back, Sam! I'm going to Mordor alone. Of course you are! And I'm coming with you! You can't swim! Sam! Sam! Mr. Frodo, a promise. Don't you leave him, Samwise Gamgee. And I don't mean to. I don't mean to.
So if you've read the books or you've watched the movies, you know that a lot goes on uh, between those two clips. There's a, there's a lot that happens on their journey um, into Mordor. And it's full of emotional ups and downs. It's full of feelings being changed. And if Sam's love had been based on feelings, his support very easily uh, could have drifted and, and gone away. But Sam was committed to his friend, to making sure that he was taken care of. And no matter what happened, he was going uh, to be there. You see, God has purposely put a void in our life that needs to be filled with love. And even the deepest love from another purpose or another person, much less uh, the ever-changing emotions and the feelings of love that culture shows us, is not enough to fill that void. Our secure love that we're looking for is rooted in our relationship with God. Uh, first, sorry, John 14, 15 says, If you love me, keep my commands. If we've accepted God's grace, his gift of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, if, he's, if we accepted this and we love him, we are to keep his commands. It's not an if or a maybe or a, if you feel like doing it. We accept it, we love him, we keep his commands. It's not based off of our feelings, but that is where the, the most secure love that we can ever know will take place in the relationship between God and us. Now, sometimes people get wrapped up in, in the love of this world and they try to kind of connect God's love to the love that this world has uh, to offer. But love based on feelings, love based on emotion will never compare uh, to what God is able to give. Not even the commitment that Sam had for Frodo, even though I think it's a great example, comes close to the kind of commitment that God has for us. I want to read uh, two verses out of Romans that show the kind of love and the true commitment that God has uh, towards us. Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I mean, wow. You want to talk about security. I don't think you get any more secure than this. I don't think it's possible. Well, we're never going to find a love that is this secure as long as we're hunting and searching for the desires that are of this world, as long as we're looking in the temporary things. You see, God is the rock. God is the solid foundation. He is the cornerstone. He gives us significant purpose. He gives us a strong hope, and he is the one who can provide us with the secure love that we are looking for. So when this world offers us purpose, it offers us hope and love, we can be easily led, led away. We can be distracted. Now, this doesn't typically happen in one uh, quick change it, or it's not an abrupt thing. It happens slowly and over time when we, when we stop checking the messages that we're receiving from the world to, to the Bible. It happens as we slowly, one decision at a time, become well-adjusted to start fitting in with culture without even thinking about it. When we watch movies, when we listen to music, when we talk to, to family and friends and we don't double check what their ideas are against what the Bible has to say. Does it match his values and his perspectives? Does this message fully align with the Bible or is it missing the mark by even a little bit? 
So during the rest of the, this series, we're going to be seeing the different blockbuster movies uh, from this summer. We're going to see how they line up uh, with God's plan in the Bible. But in order to do that, we do have um, a couple of next steps uh, this morning. Now, the very first one is go watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I'm joking. You don't, you don't have to do that. The very first one is uh, just join us for this series, Box Office Wisdom. Uh, we have inserts in your programs that say all of the movies that we're going to be watching uh, this summer, and there's some posters outside as well. Uh, so I'd encourage you guys to make that commitment to just be here uh, this summer as we go through uh, this series. The next is evaluate your purpose, your hope, and your love. Go through and take an honest look at where is your purpose in life? What are you placing your hope in? What, what is the most important? Where is the love coming from? And if it's not focused on God, if it's not embedded in the Bible and it's truth, try to figure out, talk to God, how do you change that? How do you correct it into where it should be? And the last thing um, is invest and invite. If you were here last week, Bevan explained some of the, the cards that we had. Um, they're going to be out on the tables in both of the, uh, the by the doors when you exit. Uh, so they're not in your, in your program. So if you haven't filled these out, we would encourage you uh, to get those cards, uh, to write three names down on them. And the purpose of this is over the summer to figure out who you can invest in, whether it's family, friends, a coworker, um, somebody at the grocery store. How can you invest in them? How can you share um, and care about them and then invite them um, here to Seabreeze? Uh, the series is great. Everyone loves cinematic adventures, so it's a, it's a low barrier invite uh, to come check out uh, the series or something, an event at the end of uh, the summer. And now if you'll please join me um, as I close up this morning in prayer. Heavenly Father God, uh, we thank you so much uh, for this morning and for this time that uh, we can come together as a, as a church and just uh, worship you, God. Uh, we truly are thankful for the fact that you have given us purpose beyond anything uh, that this world has to offer, that you've given us hope, that you've given us a love that is so much more than anything that's temporary, God. God, I ask that uh, you just allow each of us to take an honest look at our lives and, and focus on what areas uh, we need to change, what areas we need to, to double-check uh, with the Bible to, to bring back um, in line with you, God, so that our purpose and our hope and, and our love is truly on your foundation as, as the cornerstone, God. I pray that you give us uh, the courage to let these areas go um, and just to move closer uh, to you and to live for you. I ask this in your holy and your precious and your powerful name. Amen.